Welcome to Conscious Life Spaces Conversations Podcast. My name is Amy Adams, and I'm your guide on this journey today. Today, we're going to examine mindfulness and explore it with Charity Collier. Mindfulness is very, it's a broad, you know, thing. It's, there's a lot of little entities within it. It's like, it's about grounding. It's about being present. It's about reconnecting to something and outside of yourself. And that's, you know, what I think it's escapes people about mindfulness and meditation. It's not just about like, all right, I got to let go of my thoughts. I'm going to be peaceful. It's about finding yourself and who are you and being grounded and being okay, being uncomfortable with inside of yourself. Mindfulness offers a deep path of growth and development. When we start practicing mindfulness, we gradually discover that we can cultivate the ability to direct attention towards what leads us to a more centered life in which to live in openness and acceptance, but also gratitude, compassion, and enthusiasm. Embarking on a mindful journey is a great way to expand our life in a healthy and balanced way, being aware of what we are right now and what we are living in this specific moment. Charity is a mindfulness meditation expert and one of the first people in the United States to receive a graduate degree in mindfulness meditation. I asked Charity who should or could practice mindfulness. I think everybody, um, people with stress and anxiety. You know, I know mindfulness has become like the the hip word, but people aren't grasping the concept that it's not just about, oh, it's going to cure me of my stress and anxiety. No, it's going to become, bring awareness of when you're in your stress and anxiety so that you can go, huh, I don't need to be in this. I'm putting myself into this. And so so it's a very complex. Kind of the the ver- that's kind of really the difference, though, too, between just like meditation itself and mindfulness, right. right? Right. Because meditation can be just like the act of sitting quietly and mm-hmm. you know, and whatever method somebody uses, but then to actually be mindful, um, so it kind of br- teaches you how to get there. Right. So my- meditation is the practice of mindfulness kind of miss that right so to be able to live in my mindfully right living mindfully or practice mindfulness you've got to meditate because that's where you practice mm-hmm. right so you practice realizing that and people have this misconception that uh, you got to sit and clear your mind no actually you want to sit 
and be aware of all your thoughts running through your mind because that's where you can then practice going back to your breath or your mantra or whatever it is because you're releasing the thoughts. What the problem with anxiety or stress is that we attach ourselves to those thoughts and we go down the rabbit hole of what, you know, the stress or whatever. But the practice of meditation is returning to your anchor, right? Whatever that anchor is. I usually use the breath. Um, it's mm -hmm. the easiest thing. So thoughts come and go, come and go, come and go. But every time you catch yourself in a thought, just go, oh, I'm in a thought. Bring yourself back to your anchor. No judgment. Mm -hmm. Not, you know, you realize you're a human being. You don't judge yourself for getting lost in this thought. You're lost in, you know, whatever. You just return back to your anchor. And that's where, so when you're off, we call it off the mat, right? Off of the cushion of meditation, you're in life and you start going down the rabbit hole of anxiety and worry. You can catch yourself and go, oh, look it, I've gone off down here. Let me go back to here. Let me go back to my anchor. And that's where you're releasing of the anxiety. And I know it sounds so much easier said than done. It takes a lot of practice, but meditation is the place you practice so that when you're out in the world you can be living mindfully you're present and aware of what's going on right now right and i think one problem that we have i mean i know especially when you're under stress or whatever too or um is that we're not breathing even. right right so you don't stop breathing i, I mean it's, we breathe because we naturally breathe, but right. we're not aware of our breathing. <laughs> well, and we're not taking the like the conscious deep breaths. Like I, I, I think I mean, I know um, you said that you used to run, and yes. I also used to run. I don't mm -hmm. anymore now. For Me either. <laughs> but one of the things that I missed afterwards, and I didn't even realize it until afterwards, is that. I wasn't, I actually started smoking again at one point and I liked smoking because I was taking these deep breaths mm -hmm. and then, and when I was running, I was taking deep breaths. So now I don't smoke anymore, but I'm doing yoga instead and I get my deep breaths from that. But mm -hmm. I don't always, I realize sometimes when I'm working or whatever that I, I all of a sudden I think, oh, I'm not really breathing. I mean, obviously yeah, I'm doing the brainstem, you know, easy breathing. Right. Yeah. Survival, but I'm not really actually breathing deep enough you know and it's and that actually I think like creates stress too just by not even uh, mm -hmm. utilizing your breath normally right absolutely yeah. we, we're never we're not aware and that's something like when I do teach meditation is bring your awareness to your breath of like look at you breathe we take for granted that we're naturally breathing but how are you yeah. breathing what is your breath like you know and taking deep breaths to oxygenate your body. We, we just assume, we take for granted that the air goes in, the air goes out, you know, but let's take some good deep cleansing breaths and really bring some oxygen. You know, people say, oh, I fall asleep when I meditate. Well, yeah, it's because you're tired. But when you're meditating, um, you're actually rejuvenating yourself because you're bringing in more oxygen. You're oxygenating your blood, you're oxygenating your body to actually bring more rejuvenation. You feel more awake when you're actually sitting up and properly meditating. If you're falling asleep when you're meditating, that's a sign that you're tired. And there's nothing wrong with that, but get some more sleep. And if you probably... <laughs> I just read actually that, um, you know, the kind of the modern 
uh, society now that we have an hour or maybe an hour and a half less sleep than we used to oh, yeah. uh, maybe a uh, hundred years ago. Right. Absolutely. Because people are busy. We're busy. We've got stuff to do. We don't have time to sleep. <laughs> and I'm like, that's bull crap. <laughs> exactly. I'm going to make time to sleep because my body needs that. I need it to be able to fully function. But we've gotten caught in this. It's almost like a, ba a badge of honor of like, no, no, I don't sleep. I'm so busy. I, I don't sleep. No, that's not, you know, just get yeah. your sleep. That's how your body functions is by your mind rejuvenates because um, with your sleep. Yeah, I think, mm -hmm. I think that's why yoga and meditation, I'm so glad that, you know, some people say, oh, well, it just became so popular and people, um, they don't even, you know, they're just trying to do it to be trendy or they don't. And I think, you know, or they're just doing it for exercise. I'm like, who cares? Like right. people are doing it because they are getting benefits from it. So, right. so what if it's trendy? <laughs> it's, if that's, if that's <laughs> the way, exactly. If that's the way to get someone to do it, then great. However it is that someone gets to do it. Absolutely. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. I, I don't care how the person got there, but if it's how they, it, you know, if it's trendy, they did it and then they continue to do it. Great. You know, that's yeah. all that matters is that they're doing it. Yeah, I just, I mean, I, it's something that comes up a, a lot in when, in when I'm reading. I always see these, um, you know, and some people who have been doing it for longer, you know, there's like this whole like weird competition, <laughs> you know, like I used to do yoga like back in whatever and, you know, and these new people that are doing it, they're, you know, and it's just like, who cares? Just, you know, it's good for you. Right. I'm just happy you're doing it. Just yeah. be happy that they're doing it. And then that's the ego kicking in, you know, like, well, I've been doing it forever. Great. You know, be happy now that you have more people to do practice with, you know. Yeah. So. <laughs> I, I actually feel like, I mean, I think it was like the Maharish um, Mahesh uh, Yogi guy um, that was saying like, you know, we could have like a whole world that was peaceful and everybody yeah happily if they would just meditate exactly exactly just calm down and you know and that's kind of my goal is to I've learned to just be a lot more happy of a person a lot more calm a lot more peaceful just by you know by my meditation and my mindfulness practice and learning that I don't have to get it doesn't have to be so hard like yeah, life comes at you. A lot of things come at you. But if you allow yourself to feel, if you allow yourself to slow down and feel it and get through things rather than push through things, you become a lot more content and peaceful. And I think a lot of people have a hard time with that. They think, think I got, you know, it's almost like a badge of honor, like I said, to be busy and to push through things and to just suppress things. But our minds aren't made that way. And we will so at some point get have anxiety attacks. That's why we have anxiety attacks or why we're worrying and we're stressed out because we're just suppressing things rather than working through them. And I always say, especially to my guys, like to get through some, to get over something, you got to get through it. So you got to feel the pain. You got to feel the suffering. And a lot of people don't want to slow down enough to feel that. And that's why then they have the, the depression comes along and the anxiety and stuff like that. So mindfulness has really taught me to feel. I mean, I went through a really, really hard um, time of grieving and people would say, you know, do you, 
do you want something, you know, what, why don't you come here and do this? And why don't you get, I go, no, I just need to sit and cry. I need to sit and be on my own. And I was sleeping, you know, the people around me who were, went back to work and were going on with their lives. I'm not sleeping, you know, whatever. And I'm like, oh, I'm sleeping like a baby because I'm allowing my emotions to come out and be felt. I took time off from work and I just would be. And that's what thing mindfulness tells, teaches you is to be. I always, interesting enough, as I say, that, especially when I'm teaching meditation is we're human beings, but we're not. We're humans doing. And in meditation, in meditation, you get to be a human being. Being, just be. Why can't we just be? Because people don't like the, the noise inside of their head. But when you learn to like, not be scared of the noise inside of your head, not throw judgment onto the noise inside of your head, you can be, be, you can be a lot more peaceful. Yeah. I do think it's like, has that kind of ripple effect too, though, because mm-hmm. you don't uh, play into the drama necessarily. Of right. Something. Oh yeah. No. And so that uh, <laughs> it get kind of gets nipped in the bud so that if somebody else is, you know, into the drama or whatever, then mm-hmm. it's not going to like escalate like things. Right. And I think that's probably, um, yeah, I, that's why we'd all end up in world peace. If we're going exactly. <laughs> exactly. Recognize it. Such a simple, I mean, yes, you said simple. It's like complicated because you have to like, you know, do it. Like, you know, have to force yourself to do it maybe. So, um, right. But right. like, but the, uh, the whole thing is really simple though. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, good point about getting yourself to do it, right? So I have people come to me all the time, like, do you recommend an app or what app do you recommend or this and that? And I'll be honest, you know, I, apps are great, um, but the apps are really easy to dismiss, right? So think about, like, you set your alarm, oh, no, I'm going to hit snooze, right? right? And then you go off and nobody, you're not being held accountable, if you don't do your app, right? So I, like people say, you know, well, what I, people can hire me to be their meditation and mindfulness coach or teacher or whatever, or whatever to, I'm here. I'm going to check in. You got to, it's like a personal trainer. Why do you hire a personal trainer? Well, to teach you how to work out or to teach you to go to your goals, but also to hold you accountable. You got to show up, right? Uh If you don't hire a personal trainer and you just kind of, you go to the gym for a little bit and then you're like, well, no one's noticing if I'm here or not. So I'm not going to go and do that anymore. Same thing with a meditation and apps. Like, yes, they're great for, um, you know, if you have a practice and you're looking for some type of different uh, meditations and stuff, but I highly recommend either finding someone like myself who you can have come and you check in, do videos and stuff like that, like video um, meditations I would do with somebody Uh or find a place that you can go and sit and be amongst the other people because that's where you hold your accountability if people really want to get started off in meditation and stuff like that find others so that it's that whole same thing with fitness right it's that whole accountability thing showing up people are expecting you you sign up for it or you you know you pay for a class or something you're gonna go versus oh, I got this app I downloaded and yeah, I'll get to it kind of thing. So, and it's a practice. It's, and I, this is one thing I also say to people is let go of the expectations. You're not going to very first time or first two times get the outcome that you're expecting. 
Don't expect anything. Let go of any expectation. Right. Just, just practice and see what comes. But don't give up on it. Like, don't be like, oh, well, I didn't feel anything. It's been a week and I don't feel anything. No, just keep going. Keep doing it. Over yeah. time, you will. But let go of the expectations of immediate results. Yeah, and I actually, um, I don't know where this was from that I recently came across this too, though, is some people were saying that they started to meditate and they were saying, well, I didn't feel anything, but right. their family members said, oh, you seem so much more calm. Yeah, and it, yeah. And they were like, oh, I didn't really feel anything, but everybody else was nervous. So they said, exactly. Oh, doing it. You know? Right. Because, yeah. Uh, <laughs> exactly. You might not notice it, but the people around you sure are. <laughs> You're listening to an interview with Charity Collier, mindfulness expert and addiction counselor. Mindfulness is a powerful practice and everyone can benefit from it. Next, we discussed group meditation. And when you ever do uh, group meditations, do you ever, I mean, do you think uh, that the energy is like a little different? Because I personally have tried some group meditations and I really like them. I actually, the very first time that I went to like a very big group, I mean, mm -hmm. I had been to like smaller groups, but the first time that I went to a big group, I, afterwards, I was actually like kind of hyped up after it because yeah. it was like so much energy and so much like, even though everybody was quiet, so was, afterwards, I really, I was just like felt so refreshed. Yes, you know? absolutely. Absolutely. The energy and it, it really depends on, you know, the facilitator has to be, is the leader of the energy in the room, just like kind of any type of group stuff. It's really, you know, uh -huh. the facilitator has to really a lot, give the space, um, the energy, but it's, it's a natural energy of everybody releasing negativity and bringing in good. And it just, it is a natural, like I said before, it's a natural rejuvenation of your body and your mind. Right. And when you're amongst other people, it, if, every, if you have a hundred people rejuvenating their body and their mind, gosh, the, that light and that elevation of the energy in the room is going to be like off the roof. And it's just, yeah. yeah. So you walk out feeling like, all right, yeah. I just had my vitamin B shot and yeah. I'm ready to go. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I mean, it was crazy, actually. I, I mean, I had some experiences like with smaller groups, but that one time that was really, I was like, I, I was like, let's go get pizza. It was like 11 o'clock at night. I was like, let's just go do something because I can't. Yes, <laughs> it's like, absolutely. It's a natural high. <laughs> it's a natural high for sure. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And it doesn't even take that long. I think if you just mm -mm. do a few minutes a day, it can really have a big impact on your life. And that's Absolutely. why even sometimes I, I like personally, I get frustrated with myself sometimes if I'm just not doing it every once in a while for a little period of time, because I think what's five minutes, you know, what's right. 10 minutes? <laughs> like you really, you can waste it on so many things, you know, absolutely, like Instagram or whatever. So. <laughs> I actually even have taught people that um, sitting in traffic, right? You get to a red light, focus on the light, the brake light in front of you and just pay attention to your breath. Turn off your radio and just pay attention to your breath as you sit there at the red light. Soon, It'll turn green and you'll go. Mm -hmm. That's just taking those moments 
to, that's meditation. Taking those moments to just be, breathe, to, you know, get rid of the distractions. Don't close your eyes, <laughs> but you know, while you're sitting in traffic, but you know what? People think they have to have this grand thing. I got to get the cushion and I got to set up my app and I got to sit down and all this stuff. There's moments in your day that you can meditate. You don't have to close your eyes. Just focus on your breath, mm-hmm. you know, and just, and that for that five, thir- I don't know how long a red light is, right? But for that time period, you're recentering yourself. You're releasing whatever has gone on before and you're just, re- you know, rejuvenating yourself with some breath and you're off. And that's, mm-hmm. that's how it works. It's sometimes that simple. Yeah. I used to actually consider my running when I was, I was running a lot. I, I considered that like a kind of waking meditation practice. Oh yeah. Movement. Absolutely. That's how I got started in, cause I was running, um, a lot. And when I stopped running, I was like, Oh my, I just didn't feel normal. And I realized that it was the meditation part of the running that I really missed. And that's where I started because if you think like, that's where I started sitting and where my practice developed even more in Mm -hmm. sitting meditation. But if you think about it, right, when you're out running, you're paying attention to your breath, right? Mm -hmm. You're paying, you're breathing. You're like, okay, I'm breathing, breathing. And then you start to notice, and this is a great analogy, right? You start to notice, Oh, my knee hurts. All right. Let me just focus on my breath. Then let's see if my knee pain goes away. Let me focus on, all right, nope, it's still there, but I'm going to focus on my breath. I'm going to keep going, right? We don't, when we're out running, go, oh my God, my knee, my knee. I'm all right, I'm going to stop. That's it. I'm done running, right? We figure out, we return to a focus that takes us away from that pain for that moment. Or, and then you notice the pain goes away, right? We refocus ourselves. The same thing with meditation, but with our thoughts, right? Oh, I have these thoughts. Well, let me bring myself back to my breath. And the thought goes yeah. away for a little bit. So if you want to analogy of that with the running, right? So, but yeah. running, running is a huge meditation. It's meditating movement for 100%. And that's really where I got into sitting when I stopped running. I noticed a big difference in my character and how I was coping with things. And I really missed the meditative part of running. So that's where I started sitting. Yeah. That's, oh, it's good that you found that though, because I know sometimes people, they stop running and it really, it messes them up because mm-hmm. they just can't cope. I mean, I actually, uh, my uh, brother-in-law, he used to be a big runner and he injured himself and he was really struggling for a few months. He couldn't run and it was mm-hmm. like a nightmare for him. Right. You know? Yeah. Just his whole life he was running and, and then, uh that happened and it just it threw them yeah and a lot of times people don't realize that that's what it is it's that meditative part or they put a value on i'm a runner so that's who their role is and they lose their role when they can't run anymore or something like that but yeah if you find somebody who has has that problem say hey why don't we sit and meditate and see how it goes you know Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah you're listening to conscious life spaces conversations podcast. I asked Charity for a recommendation for a book or a quote or something. And she had this to say. Right. Um, I think for, you know, very mainstream, not mainstream, but more secular, uh, finding anything with John Kabat-Zinn, his books on mindfulness and meditation. 
and Sharon Salzberg. She does a wonderful, oh, I've actually been able to practice in person with both of them. Wow. So yeah, so they're awesome. And um, I really uh, enjoy both of their work. I've read, you know, their books and been able to practice with them. And they, they really break it down for the everyday person. You know, it's not just about, you know, it's a lot of people get scared. It's like the Buddhist way. So a very much more secular way. So I highly recommend either those two um, with their books or, you know, their meditations. And you can find a lot of their meditations online. There's YouTube videos and everything. Sharon Salzberg or uh, John Kabat-Zinn for sure. Yes. I love John Kabat-Zinn's that one, uh, wherever you go, there you are. Yes, <laughs> absolutely. It is. It's, I know. It's so true. It reminds me of being in, like in the mall. Here you are you know, on the map, <laughs> you are here. <laughs> and my favorite quote from charity is, we're human beings, but we're not. We're humans doing. In meditation, you get to be a human being. So I'm really glad that we had this conversation today and we got to talk about mindfulness and meditation and the differences. And um, I love that you're teaching it to people who uh, are really challenged in a system. Marty works with prisoners in a system, but she also works with individuals. And her work is really needed in this world. And I think it's a better place because of it. It was a real pleasure speaking with Charity about mindfulness. If you have any questions, please send them to hello at consciouslife.guru. Also, please check out part one of Charity's interview. You can find it on the website, consciouslife.guru. Now, before I sign off, I'd like to ask you to subscribe to the channel of YouTube if you're here or to the podcast on whatever platform you're listening. And please leave a review. It means a lot. And don't forget to check out our website, ConsciousLife.Guru. Until next time. Music in this production includes God Fury by Anno Domini Beats, Birds by Silent Partner, and Cast of Pods by Doug Maxwell.